Welcome back to J-Rock Therapy. I'm glad you joined me today. For today's Mental Health and Wellness Monday, I want to talk about suffering. Wow, that doesn't sound very exciting, interesting, motivating, or inspirational, J-Rock. What are you doing on here? Well, I want to talk to you about suffering um, because one of my mentors during grad school, his name is Frank Cohn, he said to me um, during supervision one day, he said, you know, I think in a large part, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, I think that our work as therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists and anyone in the mental health and wellness field is to help reduce suffering. And when I think about the word suffering, you may wonder, what does that mean? In my estimation, I think that in life, pain is inevitable. At some point, there will be pain, there will be discomfort, but to um, a great extent, suffering, I think, becomes optional. And no, I don't mean that if you're going through something or if you're in one of the stages of grief or if you are having um, challenges in your life that you're choosing it. I'm not implying that at all. As a matter of fact, I think that's a very shaming kind of idea that somehow you've chosen this challenge and you're, you're drawing it to you and you're bringing it to you. I mean, if that's the case, then if you look throughout uh, human history, her story, our story, there's suffering interwoven like a fabric like a well-woven um, tapestry. It's a part of the experience. But the pain, in addition, the pain is, is, is inevitable, but the suffering becomes optional to the extent that. Okay, so what do we mean by suffering? So what I mean by suffering is um, self-doubt, anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, chronic fatigue, um, chronic perfectionism, workaholism, religious religiosity, which is an addiction to religion and things of religion as a coping mechanism to keep the rest of the real stuff in the world out and for us to only focus on and kind of turn, turn away from our real life issues. Um, scapegoating, which is something I talk a lot about in family systems. It's a very common thing where people will scapegoat. Let's blame all the problems of the entire family and the entire system on this one person instead of actually looking at ourselves as individuals or these two people. Um, heroism, heroinism, <laughs> um, when we feel like we have to always step in and save the day and rescue. And then in the end, we end up being burnt out because whenever we're going way beyond what is authentic for us as human beings, burnout, it leads to burnout. So whenever we feel burnt out and overly taxed, you can basically say to yourself, okay, where am I not being authentic in my life? And, um, you know, I talk a lot about obviously the brain because I practice um, neuropsychotherapy, which is brain-based therapy. But when you think about the human mind and our neuroplasticity, our ability to change and retrain our brain, and that the human brain is made up of over 70% water, the human body is over 70% water. Um, when a fetus is, is in the mother's womb, it's, in, it's immersed in liquid, you know, in, in water and different uh, biochemicals. Um, and then the earth is over 70% water. So I remember going to the beach um, on a trip um, some years ago, and I remember the lifeguard saying, hey, look, by the way, if you get caught in a riptide, the reason that most people drown is not because they can't swim, but it's because they're resisting the current, they're resisting the flow. So I want to invite you to think about places in your life today that you might be resisting the flow, resisting the current. Ask yourself, where am I resisting right now? And where is my resistance leading to suffering? 
in what ways am I suffering because I'm turning away from what's really happening and I'm fighting what's happening instead of learning how to go with the current and go with the flow. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's automatic. But I think that if we can practice awareness around when we are not um, fluidly moving through our life, when we're being um, brittle, when we're when we're when we're uh, not being very flexible or very pliable, because the idea is that you want when adversity comes into your life or challenges that you want to be able to bend and not break. So in order to be able to bend and not break, we have to have a lot of flexibility and fluidity, and then that eventually builds resilience. So in order to reduce our suffering, it's, it, is, it is more effective for us to begin to go with what is the organic and natural flow of our life and in a way to see ourselves and see yourself in this larger ecosystem. You know, every river, every lake, every pond, it all flows into a stream which flows into this huge ocean, which is our lives and which is quite literal when we look at it from a geological standpoint, when we look at the planet and the way that our ecosystem operates. If you take some time, I'm looking out a window right now and I'm looking at the trees and I'm looking at some leaves blowing or some birds that just flew by. If you take a time to observe the, the stillness of nature and the rhythm of nature and you realize that you're one with nature and you're a part of this bigger ecosystem, it can bring comfort to your mind and your heart and to your daily mindfulness practice, your daily life practice. And realizing that if I can get into a flow, I won't have to try so hard and I won't have to strive so hard to be more, do more. Um, earn respect, earn titles, get more alphabets behind my name or whatever they are. Um, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. Um, it's just that if they inform our identity and they inform our level of peace, our level of insecurity, our level of security versus our level of suffering, our level of contentment, then perhaps we've given those things too much weight in our lives. So. Um, think about ways that you can reduce suffering in your life. Think about ways that you can let go of the need to control a situation, a circumstance, or another person. Because the only thing and the only person, the only circumstance that you can really control is the circumstance of your heart and your mind. Everything else is up to the rest of humanity and the rest of creation. So we can absolutely monitor how we respond and how we react. And offer yourself some sips of, of self-compassion, as I often say. And if you have responded to something in a way that you feel like is lacking um, the, the way that you would have really liked to show up, maybe you feel like you overreacted, just give yourself some grace. I did what I could in that moment, but in the next moment, perhaps I'll do differently. Perhaps I'll do better. Perhaps I'll lean into love and lean into understanding and seek to understand and not to be understood. Um, you know, sometimes the, the angriest person in the room is the person that's suffering the most. So the loudest person in the room sometimes, whether they're loud and gregarious and charismatic, or whether they're loud and filled with rage and anger and criticism and discontentment is often the person that is suffering the most in the room. And so as you're interfacing with people throughout your day, um, as you're going through through your, your work day, through your home day, whatever it is, just be thinking about ways that I can reduce suffering where are areas in my life that I am resisting and where can I lean in to find more contentment and and really be the change that I want to see in the world. Um, you might remember um, hearing that you must become the change that you want to see in the world. So instead of pointing at this person or pointing at that person, no matter what has been done in your life, um, honestly, None of it's personal because we're all living out of our own set of lenses and out of our own conditioning and out of our own programming. So when we begin to depersonalize things, 
um, from what has happened in our lives or what has happened to us. We no longer are victims of our circumstances, but we can become victors and kind of rise up in a situation, take our own power back and realize that nothing was ever personal in the first place. So think about ways you can reduce suffering in your own life, in your own heart, in your own mind. Um, the greatest mission field starts in the mission field of your own soul <laughs> and in your own home. So um, perfection is not required. Peace, contentment, gratitude, groundedness, and gratefulness is desired. And um, every day that the sun rises is a new opportunity and a new appointment and a new opportunity to write a new chapter of your life. So. Thank you so much for uh, checking out this YouTube um, psychoeducational tutorial. If you enjoyed it, um, be sure to leave a comment, like, or share the link. Um, if you didn't enjoy it and you have feedback, I'm okay with that too. Because you know what? I have practiced the practice of treating both compliments and criticism exactly the same. Because it's all just information. It's all just an opinion. And Gosh, it feels really good to get to a point where I can be whole enough and confident enough and well enough within my own self to be able to sit with you and share space, even if we disagree. That's a powerful place to get to, that we can diabolically disagree even. We can still share space, we can still break bread, I can still interact with you and exchange with you and learn from you. So, um, as I always say, be kind to yourself and to those around you. And uh, I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks for checking out J-Rock Therapy today. Uh, rock your healing, rock your recovery, rock your story, rock your life. And um, remember that I believe in you and your ability to succeed. Take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself and those around you.